Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast, You Don't Have the Range. Today we're joined by Shante Joseph, a journalist, broadcaster, and one of my favorite tweet people, Dem, on the Twitters. And she's amazing on Instagram as well, actually. And um, she's she usually talks about social justice issues, um, issues relating to feminism, and she's also an amazing pole dancer. But um, yeah, hey girl, how are you? What's poppin'? She's raising her arms. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're, just talk- we're just talking about how terrible this lockdown is. Um, are you excited? Because I know you're a May baby, right? Or are you an April baby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my birthday is literally next Saturday, which I am gassed about, but also just high key stressed. Because it's like, also going to book somewhere. Like I ended up booking the um, the garden, the, the garden at the Corinthia Hotel place. And um, so, yeah, I'm going to be there. And, but then I was like, oh, mm. I should look at some other places. But then, like, everywhere was just snapped up. Like, I just did not, I was not even thinking that ahead. things were booked and busy. So I was just like, yikes, let's just booked. hope it's okay and hope it's not too rainy because, boy, the weather next week is looking a bit mad. Do you know what? Yeah, I, I, it looks so nice from all the images I've seen. I've been like keeping up with their Instagram updates about basically what they're doing to do this outside stuff. Yeah. So it does look really, really, really nice. So I'm thinking, do you know what? I've got a good place here. Let me just be content. Yeah. What, were you, what else were you looking for though? <laughs> that seabird place, fam. That seabird place is looks so nice. Oh, seabird, sis, but, you gotta let that go. You gotta let that go. That's main. I know, I know, I know, I know. Oh, Remember, because we you DM'd me and you were like, oh, suggestions. And I said, yeah, you yeah, see yeah. bird. And I was just yeah, like, yeah. then I looked and I was like, April 26th. That was then. And I was like, oh, for God's sake. Like, <laughs> I was like, do you know what? I wanted to, because obviously like last year I had my birthday during lockdown. And I was like, do you know what? I really don't want to just do something that's indoors or whatever. I'd really like to to be somewhere, to be out, to just to, to celebrate. Yeah. And so I was like, I, de- I definitely want to go somewhere. So I was like, let me just book this place or whatever and just have a nice time not inside my house, basically. Yeah, yeah. No, Corinthia is pink. It's just it's just not as, um, it's not as bay and obviously it's not a rooftop, but it's very pink. Um, yeah. But yeah, today I hope I hope today we can we can get through today with like banter and not not with it being too emotional because I feel like situationship um, conversations. I feel like we banter about it a lot, like in pop culture, but it's actually deep, you know. Yeah, yeah, that is the thing. Like it's it's something that I guess people we just make jokes about because of how common it is, but actually it is really not a nice thing and not a nice situation to be in, and the power imbalance is not good, and it's just like. It is a whole entire ass mess. So, mm. so oh. I read your um, article in Bureau, and um, I think I hope that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, 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 Bureau. And um, yeah, it was so so good. And I, and for me, I was like, I got to the end of the article, and I was like, wait, no, I want to know more. Like, <laughs> like it only just scratches the surface. <laughs> Damn, the best stuff that didn't make the final cut that I wish did but I think it was a word count thing yeah no I, I could tell like there was a lot more because obviously like as you're saying in the article guys I'll, I'll link it in the show notes for you but um it was a five-year situation which is so crazy because my situation was five years as well yeah, so it, yeah. it's gonna I'd really love to compare notes but um yeah because it kind of started in uni and then it yeah I wanted to yeah just, just go ahead in terms of like from the beginning from the genesis yeah yeah so basically like it's so funny so I I met the guy the very first day like I think the freshest fair of uni in in Mm. first year um and then we had been speaking then and kind of like getting to know each other and stuff like that and basically I I say this a lot but during my first year of uni my accommodation uh burnt down basically there was a huge fire and within like about six weeks of moving in I lost like most of my stuff basically. Oh my gosh. I had to like restart again. And so it was it was it was a, a completely new environment, completely new city, and then a very traumatic event. And I think those circumstances make you really like quite vulnerable. And I think the niceness that he was extending at the time as well, I I felt like I, I really needed. Do you know what I mean? Because I was just like, I can't believe this. Like I've come here for uni, I've lost everything. Like I I genuinely just feel distressed to say the least and um 
And so, yeah, when we were there, we were kind of getting to know each other. We ended up hooking up a few times. And but then he was like, oh, you know, I, I, I'm not I don't want to be in a relationship. I don't want anything serious. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, mm, OK, but I think we all like to believe that we can change someone's mind. But mm. we can't when they, they don't want to. And I remember him saying this, saying this. And I think it got to the point where I was like, do you know what? Like, I'm just flogging a dead horse at this point. So I'm going to leave it. And then I left it. And then literally two weeks later, he was in a relationship. And I was like, what? Fuck. I was like, wow. So he spent all this time telling me that. And you are now like, this is so weird. Um, and I think like that was also quite devastating. And I think when I think about the context in which we met and and also it was my kind of first time being in that sort of space space like loads of people loads of people my age like getting to know people understanding myself better like how do I function in a relationship all this kind of stuff and it was it was it was devastating and it hurt a lot and and another reason why it was really difficult is because like I went to a university in a predominantly white Mm. um, uh, institution in Bristol Mm. and already I was struggling so much with my identity being like a, a taller like black woman like you know I wasn't necessarily like super light or racially ambiguous or mixed race or anything like that that like I just I I felt at that point like very regular and I didn't feel confident and then when he did what he did it then kind of like solidified all of those negative things I felt about myself in that environment because I was like well of course you don't want to be in a relationship with me like look at all of these like white women and I didn't think that they were all that or whatever like not that they're not beautiful like all women are beautiful ever but in my eyes like I just that I just didn't really understand it but but... wait pause did he was he dating a white woman yeah she was white and so I was like oh that that alone actually does something to the psyche but a hundred percent a hundred percent when you're in that space obviously like I've come a long way and I've unlearned so much of that stuff but I was young I was impressionable I was at uni I was a minority I looked different I felt different I spoke different I dressed Mm -hmm. different so it then just made me feel like just yeah, so shit about myself. And then you I kind of like it kind of just ended and like you know, I would kind of see him around here and there, but overall I kind of just like stopped talking to him because it was just it was devastating. Yeah. So because I say five years, but there was there was a significant kind of period of time where literally just nothing happened. Or he would like maybe text me or reach out or something and I would just be like, There's no point in us talking unless we like deal with everything that happened during you know like first year of uni but we never addressed it and it normally just ended up in arguments and then ended up in us not talking and then when um and then I can't even remember how we reconnected but it was like I had obviously gotten to a relationship and I then broke up with my ex and after I broke up with my ex I was just you know just doing whatever and then mm. I think I, I think I saw him on like Instagram or we followed him on Instagram or something and we started talking again and it, it felt different because it felt like we were a lot more like grown up and a lot more mature. And I was like, do you know what? Maybe this time, you know, this time will be different. And so, and then, but he does this thing where I, I, I kind of talk about it in the piece about actually naming it, but it's like love bombing. Mm. Where someone so nice to you, so complimentary, showers you with love, you know, all this kind of stuff to like get through to you. And then they just go and then, like that's the end of it and that and that's what he would do he would say all these amazing things about me he'd come to my house and bring me wine and buy me dinner and you know all this kind of stuff and then the next day he would just he would go and I wouldn't hear from him for like four weeks and wow and I found that really difficult because I don't like think the I drip feeding the drip feeding yeah. of affection yeah exactly and it, it leaves you wanting more it makes you really grateful for the very minimum affection that people do give you yeah um, and it, and in general it's yeah it, it it can just fuck with you a lot and so I remember like blocking him again because I was like okay this is really like stressing me out um and kind of removing him from my social media and then like a couple of months after that he would then like he would like like some of my pictures or whatever and then we would get talking again and it was it was crazy and like I think the the, the moment I talk about in the piece is when he um he reached out or whatever we were talking mm. and he was like, uh, and I was staying, if this was like during, I'd had like a mini staycation because I had a really busy Black History Month. Yeah. And I was just like working, working, working. And then at the end of Black History Month, I remember we went into another, like a tier four, tier three or something like that. Mm. And then we had a month of tier three and then we were, and then things were opened up a bit. 
And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to just book myself a really nice stay somewhere like just local in London. Yeah. And I stay at uh, the Soho House in Shoreditch, like not the actual Shoreditch House, but they have like a red church townhouse. So I was like, let me just stay there and like, just, you know, just be local and just, just chill. And so he, I, he knew I was there. So he was like, oh, like, like, should I come over or whatever? So I was like, yeah. Then, you know, he bought us dinner, all of this stuff, all of this stuff. And then um, I remember afterwards being like Tim, you know, because basically we were we were in the piece that kind of opens up, up with us like in the photo booth and we were yeah. taking really cute pictures and like kissing in the photo booth and all this stuff. And then like we we had the printouts from the photo booth. And then the next morning when he left, he took all of the pictures. Yeah, yeah I read that. Like, that is ex- that's an extremely weird and also manipulative thing to do like he did that for a reason he didn't accidentally take all the pictures and when I called him up about it he was like I don't know what you're talking about I've only got this picture and I was like well you've actually got both pictures and you know you have both pictures because that was a picture that I had like on the dressing table next to me and you took it um and he obviously did that for a reason and it was it was about being manipulative it was about controlling the affection the experience of him and our entire relationship um, and it was, yeah, it was just, it was really, it was, yeah, really, really toxic. Um, do you and think, I think, do you think as well, like it, it was also him, like not wanting you to post stuff? A hundred percent. I mean, it's weird because I never would anyway, because everyone that knows me, like knows this guy is a dirtbag. And so I would, it, I would, it would be a disservice to myself to post mm. it. And also I think now that I have much more of a platform, I don't think I would want to put myself under that scrutiny or be associated with him at yeah. all. um so I I don't think I would ever do something like that but I also think yeah there was probably a fear there and it's something that I I've started to get a lot with men now that Mm. if they know I have a platform they're like oh you're gonna post about me or you're gonna and it's like how self-absorbed are you not everything is about you these men don't have a crumb of personality and you're worried about me posting about you are you stupid these guys are so dead no vibes, no personality, no excitement, no nothing. nothing. Stressed about me posting them. You be stressed about being a human being. You be stressed <laughs> about self-actualizing. Stress about that. Don't stress about what the hell I'm doing on social media because it ain't got nary shit to do with you. So it is, yeah, it is a bit of a mad one still, but yeah, man. And I remember it's so weird because even after that piece came out and I remember him reading it and then being like, he was like, oh, like, oh, I can't believe you wrote this, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, but to be fair, it is, it is true. And it, it, like, it is well written and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, like, you know, fair enough. Um, but yeah, and, and it was so weird because even when he did read that piece and we did, we did speak, like we got into another, we basically got into a huge argument and it wasn't even over the piece. Because mm. like, this thing where I said before he loved bombs. And so when he kind of read the piece and when we, when we spoke, he, he sent me this, this like a list like oh, this here we got bloody go here we go he sent me a 10 point list of all these things that he loves about me and all these things that and I was thinking like you're literally doing it again you're literally you're doing it again you're love bombing me so I, I'm affectionate with you so I hang out with you so you can do the same shit again and it was so funny because I was like to him like basically I was just being a dickhead I was like okay if you love all this stuff about me it's my birthday in two weeks and I want this perfume. And I was like, and he was like, he was like, what do you mean? Like, wh- why, why should I buy you a, b- a birthday present? What about my birthday? And I was like, well, your birthday's gone. He's like, well, you, you could buy me. I'm like, mm, well, you sent me this list of all these things you love about me. Right? You want to out with me. My birthday's coming up to so buy me a present. He was like, I don't want to buy your time. I was like, okay, well then don't. Oh, oh, all of a sudden it's, it's buy, buy my time. Okay. But when you were buying me dinners at Soho House, were you not also buying my time? time. So, but but when you call them out on their shit or when you clock it and then you try and flip on them, they absolutely hate that stuff. And it is it is really funny. It's just it is funny to watch and observe. And it's just yeah, it's just mad, mad toxic. And I just I hope more women particularly can start to spot this stuff because this is how men have you acting and looking dumb. You know, acting and and looking dumb, (laughs) doing stuff you would do for someone who actually you know, gave two shits about you, you'll be doing it for them because there's this promise of like love and affection. And 99% of the time, they're just going to ghost anyway. So it's like, you have to be smart. Um, I did want to ask, like, <clears throat> I find the whole thing about situationships so fascinating. Like a similar thing happened to me, very, very similar, very vague, um, 
very very shy guy like it like in public but when we were together very very outgoing um shower me of compliments and then like I remember this one time me saying I think he must have said something to me like we stopped talking for some reason oh because he did something messed up um and I was just like yeah I'm not talking to you and then Mm. like I think two weeks later he sent me like this long apology weirdly enough this happened in uni as well so maybe there's a common theme of like emotional immaturity on both on well not on his side but definitely me like being younger and maybe like being slightly insecure but I remember him selling, sending me this huge um, apologetic paragraph. Oh my gosh, 21-year-old 20, me loved an apologetic paragraph for a man. Oh my gosh, Listen. she Listen. did love it. She Listen. she really, really enjoyed it because she thought, oh, this is like, he's he's like changing. And this is the moment mm. in the movie where like he, mm. he realizes it's like, even in the movie, he shows up to her workplace at least. This mm. is a text. Bare yeah. minimum. Bare minimum. Bare minimum. <laughs> bare minimum and um I remember him saying something to me like um like my life was so much like was was worse like what it was like my life wasn't good when you weren't in it basically something along those lines and like 29 year old me is like okay wife me then wife me Ah! oh you guys can't see I'm showing (laughs) my ring finger (laughs) wife me ah What's all this of, oh, my life is empty without wife me then. But all of a sudden, like, you're not making a commitment. And I remember calling him out on it like a couple of weeks later and being like, since you said that to me, you've not said anything romantic or nice to me. And mm. I, do you know what he said to me? He was like, yeah, like, you've got to tell people stuff like that less often so they appreciate it when you do say it bruv wow the legend jumped out bruv jumped out it jumped out and i remember being like that's a weird thing to Mm -hmm. say that's Mm -hmm. and when you're young you just don't you i don't know if i should use youth as as not an excuse but as a blanket because i know some people are older and do do get into these situations but like there were just some major red flags that i just i, I couldn't see Bam. it Bam. hindsight it. hindsight like we it, do you know what it is the it is the it's always clear as day do you know what i mean but you can't blame yourself at the time and this is one thing i had to learn to stop doing because it, it, it is so it is so much of, of my conditioning to believe and bend over back, backwards and appease mm. people like this. Like, you're never really taught about kind of being resilient or being wise or being independent, particularly as a woman when you're younger. It's always about kind of men and how men are and how you relate to men and how you treat yeah. men and how they feel about you, that they, they become centred. And it's why you always find yourself in these like really kind of messed up situations because you're just kind of taught that, to, to have the attention and the affection of a man is like number one. It doesn't matter how bad that thing is, as long as you've got it, you're winning. And it's the way that women are, you know, so shamed for their singleness, whereas men are celebrated as bachelors or yeah. you know, someone's good enough for them and all this kind of stuff. But it's like, if you're a single and you're a woman, oh, why are you single? You know, the number one thing I get on dating apps from men is like, what's a woman like you doing on a dating app? What are you doing on a dating app? Do you know What's mean? a the woman way- like you supposed to mean? What's that supposed to mean? You know, it's this whole idea that I remember someone was like, so like, what's the catch then? Like, as if in order, if you're single as a woman, there must be this must be something wrong with you. Exactly. Like, you can't just you know be single because you want to be single because you don't like what's available to you. There has to be an issue. Whereas men do not like men are not asked them questions or men do not receive that same sort of scrutiny. Um, and it's if anything is celebrated, it's almost like, oh, no one's been able to pin him down. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. oh, if you can pin him down, you must be really amazing because he's looking yeah. for something special. Ugh. And when men are at a certain age and they don't have kids, they're like, oh, my God, he doesn't have kids. And he's this age. Oh, yes. Like, do you know what I mean? It's something to celebrate. Whereas if a woman is a certain age and don't have kids, it's like, well, why don't she have no kids? What's wrong with her? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's mm. so it's so messed up it's just so awful and I I just I hate I hate being in that situation and I hate seeing people in them situations now yeah um I wanted to ask because I feel like situations situationships are so common and it's Mm. weird because I feel like part of me is like what makes situationships so attractive to men because like growing up we're always kind of obviously we are taught to center men but there is there is a little bit of self-awareness where people are very aware that like well 
maybe not aware, but people reinstill this idea that men aren't looking for like emotional intimacy. So mm. it's very odd to me that men love situationships where there's an abundance of emotional, like a lot of situationships are, it's mostly emotional intimacy. It's not, it's, I wouldn't even say it's physical, really, not mm. on its own anyway. So yeah, what's your take on why men are drawn to these? Mm-mm. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. And this is one thing I wrote in the article that I didn't even, that didn't get published, but I was mm. saying that like men enjoy the conditions of a situationship so much because it, they, they essentially get all of the perks and the benefits of being in a relationship with someone. Um, and they also, that person constantly yearns for them. There's no kind of boring, mm. there's no sort of like, you know, there's a honeymoon period and then it's over, but it's, it's a constant honeymoon period. Because yeah. if you're consistently dangling affection in front of someone's face, like a, a shiny thing that they are constantly chasing and they will they will never give it up because you never fully give it to them, but you also never really fully take it away, then you just have someone that constantly yearns after you. And it is, it is the best feeling to be wanted by someone. Mm. And it is the best feeling to be wanted by multiple people when we're without ever having to commit to them or without ever having giving them you know what they so long for because that, that's the, the the relationship is the prize and men know that if they can keep you running this track running this track never really actually achieving this prize they can prize so much from you and like you know people like to get at people for saying it but a, a lot of men use women for emotional labor do you know what I mean mm. like women are you know rehabilitation rehabilitation centers for men you know because men don't really um invest in any of their sort of like emotional needs like they're not going to therapy like that they're not seeking help they need like that they just use the women in their lives for emotional labor instead of doing the actual work and I think situationships like you said also provide a lot of that emotional labor and emotional healing and that's what they yearn after and this is the problem as well like it, it, it because they can just keep you chasing for this thing and and one minute is so close and then it's so far sometimes women do feel motivated to keep on going yeah. and something that I've noticed as well is like when I'm like to men on dating apps like I don't want anything serious they do not like it they're like oh well why why don't you want anything serious and blah 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 blah, blah. because they know that because I don't want anything serious you're not going to have me running after you know carrot like the carrot like I'm some sort of donkey and they don't like that because that leaves them without a certain level of control over the situation. Mm. If I do something casual, I'm not going to chase after you. I'm not going to yearn after you. I'm not going to be calling you down and doing all this and bending over backwards for you because the relationship is not a prize to me. Therefore, you can't make me chase anything. Um, and that's one thing that I've kind of noticed a lot with men. Like they don't want anything serious, but if I don't want anything serious, it's a problem. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's that's why these things are so common. That's so interesting. And <clears throat> to be honest, it's something I've noticed as well. But And like, I was even thinking the other day, I was just like, obviously like people know I'm celibate. And I was thinking the other day, I was like, not gonna lie. Whether you're celibate or whether you're out there having sex, the men are still going to behave the same based on their agenda. Like 100%. genuinely, like 100%. it's not. And, and that's why I, I always think about women who especially Christian women who have this idea in their head that okay if I'm a virgin then like my husband will find me and it's just like hun that's not you if you're doing it you need to do it for yourself because the agenda that a lot of these men have is is stoic whether you're you know I mean and, and it's weird like I've had men approach me who only date women who aren't celibate and it's just like, bruv, you're having sex. Everyone you're, you're dating is having sex. Why are you approaching me? And it's the same yeah. thing. It's, it's the same thing of like, let's let's see if she can chase after me. Let's see if she can like, yeah. if she can desire me. And it's very interesting that a lot of people don't talk about like the lack of self-esteem that men have and how it mm-hmm. manifests itself. Because all of this is really just a lack of self-esteem, a lack of self-worth. 100%, 100%. Because why, like, like if a woman did this, if a woman made it her priority to um, ensure that men constantly desired her, we would say she was desperate. We would say right, that she right. had emotional issues. We, that's what we would say. We would say that yeah. she has confidence issues. Like, why aren't you confident in yourself enough to know that you're okay and you don't need people chasing after you to validate you? Mm. Do you know so, what it also is? It's, it's the shine wearing off. And with a lot of these guys, one thing I've noticed is that when I've been in like those sort of situationships prior and I, and I spend a long time chasing after these men or getting to know these men, 
I then start to see through the facade and they actually become really boring, dull and uninteresting people. And it's so funny because I remember when I was in a relationship with my ex and then we broke up and then I kind of was on and off seeing this guy. It was very much a situationship type thing. Um, and then I got back with my ex and then I broke up with my ex again and I went back to him, the the situationship guy. And when I went back to the situationship guy, I was like, wow, you are boring, uninteresting. You're not that cute. You're not smart. But You're I'm not cute. So- You're not smart. <laughs> Your hair isn't even. You're dusty. And it's like, whenever you go back to those men, you just realize how, like, you 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 don't even, like, have enough oomph to, like, kiss the ground I walk on. Like, you are really, you ain't worth it. And I feel like I've definitely, over the last year, come to that realization. Because even with the guy, the one in the situation that I was talking about in the first article, like, even when I spoke to him again, I was just thinking, like, you're not interesting. You don't have any kind of dreams or ambitions that I find attractive or I, I feel motivated by you you don't have there's not much going for you emotionally you're incredibly immature and and manipulative and you're not even that cute but it was just like there's something about 20 year old me first year of uni that was so desperate for your kind of attention and your validation at that time and it just followed me all the way to you know 24 and now I'm just thinking oh my god like I was such a, I was, back then you were, you know, that guy, you Mm. were like an American footballer and you were this, but actually in the real world, you're really, you're not, you ain't shit. And I can't, and I I can't believe that I kind of spent all this time so desperate to be validated from you. And then when I got that validation, I was like, well, this is quite useless now. What does this mean to me? Um, And I think that that is why a lot of these guys do situationships because then people are never close enough to you or with you for the shine to wear off or for them to realize that you're actually a very dull and uninteresting and uninspiring person and in all of my situationships the men always end up being just ridiculously yeah just just trash essentially I hate to say it but they are never as good as I am or they're never as good as the image I built for them in my head which is of course yes partly my fault but it's also representative of where I was at that time and how I felt about myself at that time. And like now I'm just like, you know, if this like if we never speak again, I won't lose a day's sleep because you are not worth it at all. And it's like, it's sad, but that's the truth. Like that's, these men are the truth. It's interesting actually, like when I think sometimes it's really good to take a step back from the feelings. Mm-hmm. and from the physical feelings from the emotional feelings and actually be like what is it that's attracting me to you like mm-hmm. I came out of something and my therapist was just like and I remember saying I, I said something to her like he's still in the same place where he was before we stopped talking like he hasn't mm-hmm. moved like he still has the same dead job he's still not doing much with his side hustle he's still not making much and she was just like well then you don't need him And I was just like, even just those words, like, it was just like, I don't need you. Like, Mm. I don't need you. When you realize that like, okay, aside from the fact that like, okay, maybe I think you're kind of cute and whatever. It's like, okay, do I actually need this person? If you don't, then it's like, why are they around? Exactly. I've taken that approach with dating and I think it's definitely like, it's definitely changing my my mind and my life. And so weird because my therapist, yeah, she tried to, she low-key tried to humble me, yeah. <laughs> I was just talking to her about some of the men that tried to approach me and, and the way they tried to approach me and the fact that it's actually disgusting that they think they can ever speak to me like that because I'm not one of your little friends. Yeah, I'm saying. <laughs> she was like, oh, you know, you know, maybe, maybe you, you shine your light so bright that you can't see other people's lights. And I'm like, well, they should turn up the voltage then, innit? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, just the way that I'm expected to, to accept shit. And even then, it's not like my standards are so impossibly high but it's extremely bare minimum things that I would expect from anyone especially someone you know even just as a friend these are qualities and things that I expect in people and men are not even reaching that and and I'm the one that's shining my my light too bright and it's so so funny because I remember when I, I was seeing someone right and we went on a couple of days and we were talking and one thing I began to notice about him is that he he was not affectionate at all. Like he he wasn't that sort of person. And I I want to like live in your skin. Like I am that sort of person, and and I need to be around someone who can accommodate that, or you know, can show me love in in a, in in a way that makes me feel loved. 
Um, but and whenever I brought up with him, he was like, mm, "This is just who I am." It's just who I am. Just who I am. Just got accepted in it. Yeah. And so then I was like, "Do you know what? Okay, fair enough. You are just how you are, and I am just how I am. So I think we should just end things here because they're clearly not going to work between us." Why? Why? Why are you trying to change me? I said, I'm not trying to change you. I'm trying to end things with you so you can be how you are on your own without me. Mm-hmm. And, and it, you kind of was get, trying to get into an argument with me. And I'm like, this is a thing. Like men know that they do not meet your standards or they do not meet your expectations. And they would rather drag you through hell then end it because then if you if, if two years go by and then you end it because of this thing well they'll be like well I told you I was like that I told yeah. you to do it. so as soon as I see these things I nip them in the bud ASAP because it's not me you're going to turn around and be like I told you two years down the yeah. line have an issue. like you knew who I was when you dated me you knew who I was I mean, they would they would they would rather drag it on and keep you just you're in this cycle of like mm. just craziness constantly trying to tell them to do something different when it's so much better to just leave and I think once you know that you don't need someone and you're not going to die if they're not there, it becomes so much easier to leave these situations. Whereas me, maybe three years ago, would have been like, oh, actually, let me just keep chasing this guy in hopes that he changes. Or let me just pretend I'm someone who doesn't like affection so he feels comfortable. Whereas why do I need to do all that? Like, what's the point? What do I gain from it apart from being miserable? So, yeah, it's definitely a learning thing. Um, I wanted to ask, in the article you mentioned... Um, if you're, you said, if you're smart, you won't tell your family and friends about all of this. Mm-hmm. Like, at what point did you realize, like, at what point did you clock the eyes starting to roll and you thought to yourself, this is the last conversation I can have with y'all? <laughs> it was definitely like my flatmates. They would definitely be like, oh, this guy again, because they would notice it. They would notice he would come over and we'd be having such a good time, just like cracking jokes and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And they say he would leave and I would just, I would just feel really empty because it, it was like crack do you know what I mean mm. being validated by someone that you you really wanted to be validated by when you were like 20 years old and it was like I needed that and I needed it consistently because I'm someone that loves affection and so when he gave it to me in abundance and but and then he would leave and not speak to me for two and a half weeks that was like that was hell for yeah. me because yeah. I was just like you know I was I was like you know cold sweats like I needed that hit do you know yeah. what I mean and they they would see that they would see the fallout from it and they would be like oh sh-, like you know this is not this is not a good thing um and then i think he got to a point where i was like oh like i just you know and we just say nothing but they would just know and it would just be like oh and so i think it definitely got to a point where i was like you know it has to end after the after the staycation i was like i can't i can't believe this not only did you take the pictures but now that I'm asking you about what is this, you're telling me I can leave you alone if you want. Like, do you know how how fucked up that is to be like, yeah, all this stuff, and I love this about you, and I want to spend time with you, and blah blah blah, and all this stuff, and I, you mean this to me, and then be like, well, I can leave you alone. But how do the two things add up? They don't. Mm. Um, and so yeah, like I kind of just had to, I kind of just had to be like, it's embarrassing for me. It's embarrassing to talk about. Every time I bring him up, people are like, hmm, this shit again. <laughs> I was like, let me just mind my fucking business and just say nothing. <laughs> yeah, I totally, like, as I was reading it, I was just like, oh gosh, I feel bad because I've been that friend. I don't know if you've been that yeah. friend. but yeah, I've of, course been... I have. of course I have. I rinse, I'll rinse my friends. <laughs> but it's like, it's coming from a place of, I know, I know, I know it. I've mm. been there. Do you know mm. what I mean? And, I, and I, need, I need you to see this for yourself. But this is the thing, it, everyone comes to it in their own time. Yeah. Everyone gets there in their own time. Um, and so you can cuss out people all you want. So do you cuss them out or do you, uh, or are you a bit more like, oh, let me be a bit compassionate because you know, the patriarchy or are you just like, nah, you're going to get dragged? I think it's, it's definitely a mixture. I, think <laughs> I, I always start with the compassionate thing, but the thing is I, I like to remind my friends how amazing they are. And I'm mm. like, look at all the stuff you're doing. Look at how incredible you are. Look at this, you know, life you're building for yourself. Look at these achievements that you've got. You know, you are absolutely smashing it in every sense of the word. And this person isn't even replying to your calls. Or this person is organizing to me up with you and then not saying anything or canceling last minute. Like, is this what you think you deserve? And sometimes you have to ask people questions that that make them evaluate the situation. And so I definitely think I use I I start like that. And if it keeps going, then I have to start cussing out your club. Love. You know I mean? 
So it is it is definitely, yeah, it, it starts off, you know, gentle, you know, questions, telling people how great they are and then be like, you look like an idiot right now. <laughs> um, I think that's a really good approach, actually. I was watching, ages ago, I was watching this relationship coach who's been married for like 30 years. And he said that, that like, when you approach criticism with criticism, it's not impactful. Mm-hmm. When you approach it with love and then you talk about criticism, it helps to open the person up because they're not as defensive. You've broken the defenses down because yeah, people yeah, like, you're yeah. sick, you know, you're buffing it, you're, all of this stuff. And it's like, no, nah, but you need to actually start washing up there. That, that needs to be done. Seriously, I'm going to leave your ass. <laughs> like when you do it like that, like obviously they're, they're receptive to it. So yeah, I think that's a really good way of doing it. I'm trying to think back to whether, whether I do that with my friends or if I'm just like, do you know what I do with my friends? I'm like, I'm kind of just like, I kind of don't say anything for a while. So you know where you 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 hold back from being nasty mm. and say nice things. I don't say anything. <laughs> I don't say anything. I'm just like, mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. I was like, oh, that, that sounds nice. Okay. <laughs> and then like if it's continue if and I always be the sh- shoulder to crown, I'm like three strikes and you're out. So then by mm, the third yeah. strike, I'm like, okay, no, seriously, this this needs to stop. This needs yeah, to stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think positive, those affirmations are quite useful. Yeah, and I think it's it's an easy thing to get wrapped up in, and and people as as much as you know, we want to fool ourselves that we are we are you know extremely self aware and and critical of ourselves and analytical and can read situations well. Yo, the patriarchy been around for thousands of years. Yeah, you know, I mean, this is a system that is embedded into every single aspect of our lives, be it our healthcare our legislation, housing policy, you name it. These things are incredibly gendered and, and often favour men. And what what makes us think that suddenly our social relations are going to be completely free from those power dynamics and from those struggles and from those hierarchies? Like, it doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, not, we're not as free from it as we think we are. So I think there's definitely a softness in the sense that, like, it's really easy to get wrapped up in a man's absolute nonsense because this is the validation that we have been told that we need and that we should really, um, we should crave and we should want. Um, and I think, yeah, that 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 makes it so hard to to be immune to it. And I think with experience and with time, you, you learn to get, you learn to let this stuff roll. And also I think what happens is with age, you learn to spot this stuff earlier. So I, I can tell when a man is trying to do the absolute most. So I can tell when a man is doing the least. So I can tell when a man, when I'm not going to get along with a man, when we're very different. And I cut these things off early, yeah. sometimes maybe even too early. But it's, I just know where they go. And I know what I'm like. And so I don't find myself in them situations anymore. Is because before it can even get to the point where I'm so emotionally wound up in someone that they can string me along like that, I cut my losses and I go. Yeah. Um, and so I think, yeah, that that is how you need to be. It's, it's a prevention better than cure thing because once you're whipped up in it, you have to wait until they do the absolute worst thing. Like, mm. whereas if you're not wrapped up in it, you can leave unscathed, well, relatively unscathed. Yeah. I remember I was um, seeing this guy for a couple of weeks and I just noticed that like, eventually I noticed that like, he just wouldn't, some of these guys are good, man. They're good. So like yeah. in the first two weeks, I remember he would like bring up things like he'd, he'd be like, oh, I remember you said that you love this movie. Mm. And I'd be like, yeah. But I could yeah. tell like by this point I was like 28 and I was like, I feel like you're doing this to try to be romantic rather than like, you, it's almost like, it's um intentional like oh I want her to make sure that she knows I'm remembering stuff Mm. and that was in the first two weeks and then by the third week this negro would go four days and not message me and I remember just calling him and being like hey so um I think we should just call it quits now and he was like wait what he was like what like what why like I was about to call you today like I was worried about you like when you text me I was thinking about and I was just like like no you weren't no you weren't I was and it's like listen if you don't think that this is interesting to you that's fine there's a lot of other amazing women out there that you can go go. this is it and the thing is like and and I love the way that they take it as as an affront every time I've ended stuff with a guy because they haven't you know been how I want them to be they act they act dumb they act like what What? 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 
And I'm like, what do you mean? You, you, I bring this thing up to you all the time. I'm nagging you about this thing. I want this. I need this. Or I need you to message regularly. Or I need you to reply quickly. And you're not doing it. How many times do you want me to repeat myself? Because I'm not going to be a nag. I'm not going to be nagging you. No man is worth nagging like that. And it was so funny because like, okay, this is this is a bit dramatic. But do you know, it would be good to have a take on this, actually. I was talking to a guy on, um, I think we matched on Hinge and we were chatting. And like, he seemed really, he seemed quite decent. But one thing I noticed is that even though we'd have good conversations, there would also, there would always be huge hours between the responses. And I was just like, I was just finding it really, maybe it's an ADHD thing, but I was, it was just getting on my nerves. Like every conversation it would start with, hey, so sorry for the, you know, this many hour late delay, blah, blah, blah. And that happened about four times. And I was mm-hmm. like, Do you know what, Shante, just chill, like, just keep going. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. So then we we then arranged to meet up and I was like, look, and this was when it was really sunny. So I was like, oh, do you know what? It's going to be really sunny on Tuesday. Um, do you, Should we meet up that day? Like, it, it'll be really nice. You know, we can go for a walk and whatever, because all we can do. He was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll let you know. I'll, I'll let you know. I was like, okay, cool. And then Monday came around, Monday evening. Nope. Yeah, no, I, I don't think I'm going to, I don't think I can, I can't do Tuesday. How about Thursday? Okay, cool. Like his replies are still shit. So. Wednesday evening comes around now. Bear in mind, I haven't I haven't heard from him since like Tuesday. No, nothing. So it gets to Wednesday Wednesday night, and I message him being like, "Look, I haven't heard from you in twenty four hours. So I'm gonna assume that we're not meeting up tomorrow because I'm just you know you're not responding." And bear in mind, the last conversation we had, I I I had been like, "Why do you take so long to reply? Is mm. this not the best place to catch you?" And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your number instead?" So he he had my number, mm. and then all this time nothing. So then I messaged him again on Hinge. Look, like I don't think to like. I, it seems like tomorrow's not going to happen. Then he messages me on, on um, WhatsApp. Oh, I'm so sorry. I've been so busy helping my boys with something and blah 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 blah. And I was just like, "Oh my god!" And he did that thing again where we had a really good chat. And then the next morning I said, do you know what? I was like, you clearly have an issue. And the worst thing is when he messaged me on WhatsApp, I said to him, look, we clearly have two different ways of communicating. I need someone who is very you know, clear and active, even if they are busy, just a message to say, I'm really busy today. Or even if, if we're meeting up, if it's looking like it's not going to happen as soon as possible being like, look, can we not do this day or whatever? Bear in mind, we did reschedule for a day that you suggested and you've now canceled twice. Um, so I was like, I think we should just leave it here. He's like, no, no, like, just like, let me go on one day with you. It'll be great. And blah, blah, blah. And all this stuff and all this stuff. And then we were talking all evening. And then the next morning I said, you know what? You've done this way too many times. Like you take hours and hours and hours, days to reply. We have a great chat and you disappear again for days. And I said, look, as much as you seem like a really nice guy and I get along with you really well, the way you communicate is really irritating me and I just don't think that I can um I don't want to go forward with this because this just it just seems like this is how you are and I don't really like nagging he's like well it seems like you need someone to reply to you ASAP all the time and that's never going to be me and blah 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 blah. I just said enjoy your life love like I'm not even going to argue with you about my standards because what can I do you've done this several times if this isn't a big glaring red flag then I really don't know what is and you think I'm not busy do you know what I mean? Like we, me and you, we are busy, busy people. Do you know mm. what I mean? We don't have standard careers. We're doing a lot of stuff all the time, whether it's making content, writing, blah, 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 podcasting for yourself. Like we are busy, but if I'm busy, I know how to communicate that with people. And he just did not. And so I kind of just ended things and he was clearly upset about it, but I stand by it. I really, really you should stand by it. You, you should. Do you know what, do you know what was like, what was in my mind? Cause this has happened to me before as well. Like, what was what was in my mind is that I'm not gonna lie, this is actually PTSD for someone who's been in a situationship. It is because because we've been in situations where we have been drip fed um, emotional intimacy and we have been drip fed com- um, communication, and then you want yeah. you want to now come and do that again? Nah, nah, no. it's just no, ma'am, no, ma'am, <laughs> <laughs> no way. And like my best friend always says this thing. She always says like the beginning stages of a relationship is when it's supposed to be the most intense the most romantic the most like so much chemistry so much communication like you can't get enough of each other you can't stop Mm. speaking to each other and if Mm. you're not seeing that at the beginning listen those bags it's it and it's a huge it's a huge thing for me like men who 
men who are just, yeah, not affectionate or not like kind of loving or nurturing or engaged, like it just lets me know that you are like that. And and, and that is not the only thing as well, because I, I've spoken to guys who are on text, so good, reply so quickly, great chat, in person, no affection, no mm. nothing. It sounds like I have to force you to like, you know, be like in, intimate with me, but not even just sexually, but just like, you know, holding hands and, and flirting and all this kind of stuff. And so for me, those things, they need to happen together. And if you're lacking one and, and good in another, then that doesn't work for me. And I think, I don't know, I don't know if that makes me like ridiculously picky because no, the bar is on the floor, but I just what is the point? Like, I don't want to be with someone and feel like I need to earn their love or earn their attention. Um, that is way too much work. And I think, yeah, men want us to be jumping through hoops and break dancing and doing all sorts of tap dancing for their love and affection to be crowned, you know, the prestige title of someone's girlfriend. But I don't really, I don't know if I care for that that yeah. much. You know what I mean? Um, my, my first relationship, well, I was 18, but... um. It was with a white guy. And honestly, like, he wifed me in two weeks. Now, I'm not saying this is to do with his white uh, But do you know what? Well, anyway, continue. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. We'll get, we'll get into that. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that, that that spoiled me in the sense of when I started dating other guys, I was just like, I was like, why is, why is this taking... <laughs> You guys can't see. Shante's eye is in the corner, is in the, is in the left-hand corner of the camera. I was like, why am I... I'm literally doing Britain's Got Talent. I'm doing I'm trapezing. I'm doing Fred Astaire. I'm Yo. doing all of these. Yo! <laughs> Let me not even talk too much. No, I actually want to cry because... This is what it is. Like black men really want us to be doing Olympics 2022. They they want us to do the most. They want us to do the most. And I'm not in the business of auditioning for someone. Because if anything, you should be auditioning for me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because what are you what really like what are you bring to the table? Whereas these white men, like, oh my, I'm like, every day I ask God, please let me be attracted to white men. Please, please. I swear to God, I'm like, God, please let me marry a white man. Just let me do it. Because I'm actually Do you think there is a difference in how they in how they date? Yeah. White men on dating apps after after talking to me and the what the best thing is, yeah, they have good chat. They actually read my profile. Uh-huh. They will ask stuff about my profile. They'll ask stuff about my writing. And they're not just gonna be like, oh hey, how are you? What are you up to? You're sexy and all this kind of stuff. They really, they really do want to get to know me as an individual, or even if it's like, I remember these things are so small, but they do have like when you're when you're wading through all of these absolutely useless people on dating apps these people who are like oh I really like your makeup it looks really like eccentric or it's really cool or and I'm like oh my god wow and it's and white people oh my god not to be all like divest or whatever but white people do really like on apps they really do put in the effort like with the openings with how they, they speak do. to me and and sometimes I'm so close I'm like do you know what one one date won't hurt whatever but like I don't know man I need to I think it's because it's online and I think when when I see white people in person or whatever, I can think someone's cute. But I think when it's on an app, I'm a bit like, I don't know. Like, I find it really hard to be attracted. Like, I, I do, I struggle a lot. But <laughs> I'm asking God to, um, I'm asking God to release that spirit in me. The shackles. So I can, so I can start dating white men. Because these, and they will tell me, they will be like, oh, let's go on a date here. Or let me take you here. Or, and it's, it's honestly really, it's nice. Like, I just don't think. I, I I personally don't feel like I get that treatment or experience from black men on apps. And I think I have to sometimes work a lot harder for their affection or I have to work a lot harder for them to, you know, talk to me like a human being or even like get to know me or, you know, we'll be talking and it'll be like talking about sex like immediately. And I'm just like, oh, just, you know, give it a bit of a rest almost. But it's... Um, it's Honestly, oh. I've heard the set. I've heard exactly the same from like almost every other black woman I've spoken to. Like one of my friends, she went on a date, the first date, and he brought her a picnic. I was like, "Is it a white guy?" She was like, "Yeah." I was like, "I was like, I have more research to do. I have more data to collect." But so far, my hypothesis is that something is amiss. Something. Maybe. And they do, they just, they just put in effort and they just, the conversations are so much more engaging. And, and, and I get, everyone likes to be a bit aggy about this. I don't even remember one time on my Hinge profile, it said, um, the first drink is on me is if, 
if, if you can start a conversation without saying, hey, how are you? Because that is what I get all every time, like, a I guy like me, he's like, hey, how are you? And I'm yeah. like, in a pandemic, every day is the same. I, and I don't know you well enough to be like, my life is falling apart or I just got this promotion or whatever. But what do you mean to say about that? Um, and I remember some guy getting into a huge, a black guy, obviously, getting into a huge argument with me being like, why, why are you saying that? They can't say, hey, how are you? You don't know. It's hard, you know, when you think of a new line and you just get ignored and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, do you know, maybe the line wasn't good enough or maybe that person is not for you. But if you message me, hey, how are you? I'm, I am probably going to ignore you. because I, I just- don't get why men take rejection so personally. Um, so personally like a man gets rejected everyone must, everyone must die every, everyone must die it's on quite site literally, quite literally quite literally on site and it's like bruh like women get rejected all the time you lot don't even make concessions for personality women are constantly like oh do you know what? he's not that good looking but he makes me laugh when has a man ever in this life ever opened his mouth to say you know what? i don't find her that attractive but she makes me happy ever ever this guy on his on his profile it said oh it said i'll the question was like i'll tell you about my friends i'll tell my friends about you and it was like if i don't have to say she looks better in person and I was just thinking, that is so flipping cheeky, like so cheeky. And yeah, I don't know. I, I, I definitely do feel very, um, and maybe it's because it's an online thing and it's an internet thing or whatever, but I, I definitely just, I'm, I'm so just over it. Like some of the guys who try and chat to me or just even when I meet up with them in person, what they're like, it's, it's not, it's not good. It's not good at all. And I just, I just know for a fact that I deserve better than that. And I, and I am so strong in that because I think I I spent so much of my life like not feeling attractive not feeling worthy feeling like I needed to achieve or do certain things before I was seen as someone who was desirable or someone people wanted to be in a relationship with um and so now I've got to this new level of confidence where I do feel quite self-assured I I care less about what people think I think I'm beautiful I love the stuff that I do I'm really proud of myself I just don't want anyone to come and try and, you know, use negging or use that sort of like carrot and stick approach to lure me back into a place where I didn't love myself that much. And so they could easily exploit me. Um, and so I, that's kind of where I'm at now. And I don't want to go backwards. So I'd much rather just be really stringent in what I want, which is really not even that much, <laughs> than try to lower my standards for people who I'm just going to be upset with six months down the line. Yeah, I think I think age is a big um thing for in terms of like spotting things and be like actually nope 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 um I loved this this has been so great but Shante has to go soon so I'm uh I'm gonna wrap up I really wanted to ask about the um black black men and white women thing but we'll we'll we'll, we'll have to do that in the dms um but yeah Shante thank you so much for coming on can you let people know where they can find you and all of that good stuff there Yes, so thank you so much. This has been such a banging conversation. Oh, like, yeah. I hope people like it and we come back and we do a little cheeky part two. Um, but in, yeah, in terms of contact with me, yeah, Shante J on all of my socials. Um, and yeah, just follow me and like keep up with the things that I'm writing and I'm posting there. Like, I'm always like super active on the apps and stuff. So that's all of it. Amazing. So I'll leave links to Shantae's Instagram, her Twitter and the article that we referenced as well. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Please remember to give us a five star review on Apple uh, podcasts. And yeah, I'll be back next Tuesday. Bye.